Good to be here again this afternoon, and certainly been looking forward to this meeting for a long time, and uh, a wonderful meal today. appreciate everything that everybody has done uh, to make this week possible. Um, hope the message this evening will be beneficial to you as well. The theme this week we're talking about, we're part of a family. And there's a lot of things that go into being a part of a family. And specifically, uh, this afternoon, I want to talk to you about teamwork. And part of the challenges that we have in, in pr- pretty much any organization, starting with a family, starting with a church organization, or, or in our communities, our businesses, etc., is getting people to all, be all on the same page and all work in the same direction and that type of thing. And sometimes you're challenged with, with folks that... Um, it seems like that everybody, it's kind of like the old adage that uh, somebody talked about, the whole band was out of step except for my child. Y'all ever heard that? You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I want to walk over here to the beat of my own drummer when everybody else is heading that direction. And it ultimately really kind of creates chaos within a group of people. And so one of the things I want to talk to you about early in this week is how important the concept of teamwork is. We mentioned a few of these scriptures this morning, but I want to spend a little bit more time on this. First Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to take and open up your Bible to read it, I've got it up here for you as well, but it's a good chunk of this chapter, beginning of verse number 13 through verse number 31. For by one spirit are you all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now if God set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our uh, comely parts have no need, but God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism, and I think actually that word could be pronounced either way, schism or schism in the body or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. For as we have many members, verse number, or Romans 12, verse number 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now there's a couple of passages, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that kind of somewhat are parallel to one another, that talk about in comparing the body of Christ that we talked about this morning to the human body. He said, you know, there's a head and there's arms, there's feet, there's different aspects of that, but they work together. 
And I was telling you, like the whole the whole band is how to step except for my child type concept. It's kind of like you, you've got an arm out here that's just doing whatever it wants to do. And nothing's happening, you know, the, the regular part of your body is not in sync with what your arm is just doing out there. You would go, hey, you got a problem, you need to go see a doctor. Something's up. Well, we're the body of Christ. And sometimes we've got folks that are just kind of out there doing their own thing, and they're working there, but they're not working within the concept of the body of Christ. And I want to talk to you about the importance of teamwork, that we all perform roles and how important those roles are. And we're not any less important because we think the job is less important. And I think we struggle with that sometimes in our congregations. I think sometimes deacons struggle. Do you guys have deacons here in the congregation? I think sometimes deacons struggle with the concept of, of feeling like maybe they're less important role. And deacons are not less important roles than elders are. It's a different role. But it's not a less important role. That's the same thing in our house is saying Ty's role as a head of the household or as a father, etc. is more important than Lisa's role. As being a mom and all those sort of things in our household. She's not less important than me. She has a different role than I have. And we try to work together for the ultimate accomplishments of what's trying to happen in our home, etc. It's not lesser, it's different. And we all have different roles within the church. They're different roles. They're not lesser. They're not less important roles. They're different roles. And we need to learn as a people to be able to embrace the concept of doing a job and doing it well and it not be considered something that's lesser or looked down upon as though that's not an important task. Everything in the body of Christ is an important thing to do. If I took a baseball field and I put nine positions on a baseball field... And we showed up to play baseball one night and we were missing our shortstop. I don't care whether the shortstop said, well, that's not as important as being a pitcher. Because, you know, the pitcher's the guy that gets all the credit, you know, and he's the guy that... And all of a sudden, we're missing a shortstop. We don't have our shortstop. We're missing... Or our catcher just decides to show up and go, I get tired of squatting. I don't want to squat. And the pitcher gets all the glory anyway, and the third baseman throws to first base. They get all the action. The person out in right field, which was my baseball experience, by the way, I was in right field swatting mosquitoes. That's what we did in our part of the country when I was a youngster playing ball. What if I, right field, I can't believe. Well, that's the next time the ball goes to right field. And we don't have our right fielder because we lose the concept a lot of times of how important it is to have teamwork. Now, there's another concept I want to run by you this evening, and this is specifically kind of a Sunday night, and I hope we can talk here, because I want to talk to you about something we miss sometimes. And some of that, this last week, I recognized again. It's not that I hadn't recognized it, but I recognized again. I'm driving down the road with Landon Robertson. Landon Robertson's 15 years old. And I said, hey, do you remember so-and-so that went to church with us? You know, Landon goes, I don't even have a clue. No, don't even remember the name. And I got to thinking about it. It's been 10 years. 10 years goes by that quick. He was five when they quit going to church with us. He doesn't know anything about those people. But those people are very much a part of my memory bank because I wasn't five when that happened. Right? 10 years ago or whatever. We've been in our building that we're currently meeting in somewhere to the tune of about nine years. Landon was six. When we moved into that building, it's hard for me to imagine that. I, I walk in here today and I see some of these folks and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. These guys have grown up or the young ladies have grown up. 
It's amazing. Time flies by. And I think people forget sometimes where we're at, how we got here, what's going on, etc. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that specifically this evening. And it goes back to the concept of teamwork. And I'll demonstrate what I mean. I don't know how many of you in here know the history of Pearland, Texas. Maybe some of you do. I know there's some that have gone to church in Pearland. But there was a time when I sat in a living room at Herschel Williams, was the guy's name. He's one of the elders in Baytown, Texas. And Beverly Keel, who is now one of the elders at Pearland, at the time was not, but he went to church at Pearland, he was not happy. And let me just say, not happy. And we had a discussion. Marlon Cole was in the room that day. Jerry Lowry was in the room that day. There were several of us in the room. And Beverly was venting a little. He needed help at Pearland. And I mean, it was just not good. Pearland was struggling as a congregation. And Beverly felt like he was carrying a ton of that load himself. And, and he just wasn't happy. And he was pleading, begging, whatever the concept would be for help, and maybe even more so than pleading and you know and 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 asking. He was going, something's got to change. You know, I've got to get some help. I don't know if you guys know this, but that precipitated a phone call to Justin Springer, and Justin Springer moved to Pearland, Texas, and the church at Pearland at the time had about twelve members at Pearland. And their contributions on a weekly basis were probably about $240 a week or something. They brought in about $1,000 a month. Justin started working with that congregation there. And it's real easy sometimes for two sides of this. One of us is I think we have a tendency to forget what happens in these places. I don't know if you've been to Pearland lately, but Pearland's a different ballgame than it was 25 years ago. And they're a different group of people, and they've ordained elders and deacons, and, and they've got a, a, some of their young people have grown up, been a part of the congregation, et cetera. And I don't know currently what they're meeting. David Richburg's been there probably since I have. Uh, but they're probably six, 60, 75, 80 members, something along those lines, with elders and deacons in place. Their contributions on a given Sunday are probably $2,500 a week nowadays than what it used to be. I think there's a side of us that has a tendency to forget what has happened because we think Pearland is what Pearland always has been. Pearland isn't what Pearland's always has been. Pearland's a totally different place than what Pearland was 20, 25 years ago. Now, there's a flip side of that. People say, man, didn't Justin do a good job in Pearland? Well, he did. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't just Justin. And I want to give you guys some of the secrets to success in life. And really, these are some of the secrets. Justin didn't go into Pearland and do everything at Pearland. You know what Justin did? He and Beverage sat down and they created a team of people that wanted to work together for a common goal. And he and Beverage became a team. And then they had some other people that came into the congregation like Brother Wilson and uh, some of their younger members like the Murphys, etc. and, and uh, Steve Greer and others. That they built a team of people. And over the years, Pearland has done what Pearland's done. And you know, at the time, they, they pretty much, I'll tell you the story of Pearland. They had nine grand in the bank, $250 a week contributions 25 years ago. And Beverage said, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. And they committed to Justin. They were going to support him for evangelistic work. They were going to support him $1,100 a month. 
Now, y'all do the math on that. At $250 a week, they were making 1000 a month. They still had a light bill to pay and a few other things, to insurance and those kind of things. But they were willing to say, we will support just until the money runs out. If this doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we're not going to go out and have money sitting in the bank when we go out. We're going to commit ourselves to this. We're going to commit ourselves to the team. We're all in. We're going to make this thing happen. And they built a team of people. And over time, I have no clue what Pearland's got in the bank today. It's, it doesn't even really matter to the story. But I promise you, the day Justin died, what he was being supported by Pearland, y'all want to guess at the number? 1100 a month. 15 years later. Because they were committed to the cause. And it was a team of people working together for a common goal. And it's real easy sometimes for people to sit back and go, well, Justin did an amazing work. Well, Justin did do an amazing work. He's a great guy, etc. It was fantastic. But it wasn't all Justin. It was Bevered. And if Bevered hadn't been willing to sit in the living room one day, and if Marlon Cole hadn't been willing to make a phone call, and if they hadn't gotten together and decided they were going to work together, not fight each other, Pearland would not be where Pearland's at today. And do you know what Pearland does today with their $2,500 a week? They support evangelists in other places and other works in other places. And they still supported Justin $1,100 a month. You see what I'm saying? You know what just happened? The pie got bigger. And all of a sudden, more church work can be done because people were working together to accomplish long-range goals. Anybody know the story of Stillwater, Oklahoma? I remember the day. I've been doing full-time church work 34 years, something along those lines. I remember the days in the early 80s when three guys at Stillwater said, we're going to graduate from OSU, we're going to stay here and make sure there's a church in this community. Those three guys, if I'm not wrong, I haven't been to Stillwater in a, in a little while, but if I'm not wrong, those three guys are their three elders today. If I, it, there may be another elder in the mix or something that I don't know about. But three elders, there's a congregation in Stillwater, Oklahoma today. Do you know why? Because three guys said, let's make a team, let's build a team, let's work together, let's stay here, let's make this congregation work, let's make this thing happen, and let's all help each other to accomplish it. And they did exactly what it was that they accomplished. Anybody know the story, and you don't have to answer out loud, I'm asking rhetorical type things. Ever heard the story of Amarillo? I remember Amarillo. I preached meetings in Amarillo when there was 10 people in the room. I just got back from Amarillo last week. Wow. Totally different place than it used to be. You know, Craig Keel made a trip, and there were guys, there were a lot of people behind the scenes, etc., that visited with Craig and said, we really need... Craig came out of Sherman, Texas, and Craig moved to Amarillo and to help the church. And there was some tough sledding days in Amarillo, Texas, back in some of those. Michael McCorkle remembers some of those days. I remember holding meetings. I mean, there just was nobody in the room. I mean, it was just a different ball game than it is today. People go into Amarillo today, they don't know the hard pain and suffering and challenges and stuff that went into those kind of things back in those days. But did Craig do an amazing work? You bet he did. I can tell you somebody else that did an amazing work. And... I don't know if you know Carrie and Cheryl Jones, but Carrie and Cheryl at the time were a young couple, and Carrie and Cheryl were, were, you know, they were doing what young couples do. They go to this congregation this Sunday and this congregation the next Sunday, and they're traveling all over everywhere, and they finally got to visit with one another. Carrie personally told me this story. This is not rumor. This is Carrie telling this story. Carrie said, you know what we decided to do? 
we decided if we were going to have a church in our community where we live, we're going to have to be committed to the church in our community where we live. And instead of, and Kerry was the first one to tell you, he said, when I was 20-something years old, I was being critical of everything. He said, I was critical of the evangelist. I was critical of the everything else that was happening. I was just critical. He said, I just decided I'm not going to be critical anymore. What I'm going to do is join the team. And we're going to build a team of people. Now, I don't know if y'all been there lately, but I think last Sunday they probably had about 140 on Sunday morning. I don't know what their contributions were then. I don't know what their contributions are today, but I can get, tell you it's different. I promise you it's different. That, that situation's totally different. They have gone from an older building in an old part of town, etc., to a newer building, paid their building off last year sometime or whatever. Amazing things that have happened, great things. I think sometimes we fail to remind ourselves of the amazing work that congregations of people are doing. You know why those things are happening? Because there's teams of people that are working together to accomplish those things. Because Denton is supporting evangelism in other places because South Penn or Penn South is or is, is working to support evangelism in other places because La Prada sent support out to, to evangelize in other places. And all those congregations of people are making up teams of people to accomplish things. And I'm telling you folks, I remember those days. And they're different today. I don't know how many of you know the story of Gallatin, but I remember... Marion Guyan called me, and it's probably been close to 20 years now. I think it was 1990, so whatever that math is, 17 years? No. 27 years. Time flies by. 27 years. Thank you for the math help. Um, it might not have been 90. It wasn't 90. It's more like 99. Yeah, so we're closer to 20 years. Anyway, point is that Gallatin... I'm telling you honestly, when we met, we met in the room that day. Michael McCorkle came up to meet in that room that day. I was present. Michael McCorkle was present. Earl Ray McGee was present. Marion Guyan was present. And I want to say eight other people. Pretty close. And they were talking about something's got to change in our congregation here. And I will say besides the Michael McCorkle, Earl Ray, Ty group of people, of those eight, six of those were over 80. Okay? They had two younger people in that congregation there. Now, I could go into long stories about what's happened in Gallatin, but I can tell you a lot of work's gone into Gallatin. Chase ultimately moved, etc., working and all that. The Benoits recently, if you all know the Benoits from Baytown, Texas, they went up to Jacksonville or East Texas. They were going to take their grandfather, who has since passed away. He was a World War II veteran. They were going to take him on a B-2 bomber and um, a World War II type bomber and, and they were uh, going to go to Gallatin for church on Sunday and they, there were about 20 Benoits and they said, well, we're going to double the size of that crowd when we get there. That's what they said. And they got there and there was 50 people in the building when they walked in. They had 70 for church that Sunday morning. And the Benoits even went, what's happened in Gallatin, Texas? It's a different world today than it was 20-something years ago. And don't get me wrong, I'm not mentioning names to say Michael did it or I did it or anything. It wasn't us. It was a team of people that's made those kind of things happen. And that team is a broad team of people from everything from churches supporting to evangelists being willing to go to building teams within the congregation, etc., that have made those things possible. And I don't know if y'all been lately, but you need to go visit and you need to go see. My home congregation, we started in 1993. 22 people. Michael was there last week or a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago. It's a different world today. 
And it's real easy sometimes for Peter to go, man, Ty, he's worked and it wasn't Ty. Do you know what it is? It's Jerry Lowry and Leland Fleming and other teams of people, Bill Outlaw and David Fleming, etc. And there are teams of people that have worked to accomplish what needed to be accomplished. And we've still got a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. We, there's a lot of work yet to be done. But we're going to do it with teamwork. It's not one person. It's it's people getting on board and everybody hurting or trying to head down the same path, the same direction, and see a goal in front of us, rather than everybody just go, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and everybody, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Well, what you get is chaos when you do that. But if you can get people headed the right direction and everybody helping each other, you'd be amazed what can be accomplished. And I'm mentioning things that have happened in the last 20 or 30 years that I've had experience with. I would love to have this conversation with Jerry McCorkle or a Roy Hazelton, etc., and to see the differences of 50 years ago or 60 years ago. I can guarantee you Jerry McCorkle sees the difference between when he was 20 and now that he's 80. It's a different world. Anybody familiar with the story at Harlingen? I went to Harlingen years and years and years ago back in the early 80s, and I've been recently. Totally different ballgame. There's been a ton of work. You know what's happened, though, is you've got guys down there from Andy to Scott to Wayne, etc., that have built a team of people that want to all head the same direction and accomplish goals and accomplish goals that can be accomplished. And Harlington's in a total different ballgame today. Any of y'all ever heard of Ram? Came out of Harlingen. Alex came out of Harlingen. There's been a ton of work that's been done in those kind of things. And, and it's real easy to go, well, Wayne, boy, had he done an amazing job? Well, he has done an amazing job. But I promise you, Wayne would be the first one to go, it wasn't just Wayne. It's a team of people. Wayne may have helped try to focus the team, but it's a focus. Anybody know the story of Denton? I held a meeting in Denton. When Denton wasn't Denton that it is today. Y'all remember Brother Wages? I remember the first time I met Brother Wages. I don't want to bring up any sore subjects for anybody from a standpoint of after services are over. You can chew on me if you want to, but I've got to tell this story. I met Brother Wages. He was like 973 at the time. He was an old man. I don't know how old he was, but I walked around that side of the building. There might have been 10 people in the room for the meeting that night, but we walked around. I'm standing in the foyer back there. And some of one woman, I don't know who she was, said, I want to introduce you to the senior member of our congregation here. His name is Brother Wages. I said, hello, Brother Wages. How are you? Very good to meet you. And he said, good to meet you. And then the woman said, and he has like 13 kids or something. I don't remember the number, but it was a bunch. Okay? So he had 10 kids or 13 kids or 27 kids. I don't remember, but it's a bunch of kids. And I said this statement. I said, that would make you want to give up Christmas. Now, if you know Brother Wages, you've heard this sermon. I didn't know he was against Christmas. But I know it now. Because I got him kicked off on a sermon, brother. That I mean, 20 minutes later, I'm going, I'm so sorry I said that. I apologize. I really, I even hate Christmas now. I, you know, it's just... It's, it's all that. I'm really not, I really am not mocking him. Brother Wages, 
fine, fine, fine old man. But he was old when I first met him. And some of those names, do you remember them different place? I look around today and I want to, I talked to y'all this morning about my dad having true joy in the background. I'd sit in the room today. It's true joy. Look at the life. The children. Young men, young ladies, young families. Let me tell you what changes things. A team of people. It's a team of people. Somebody says, oh, hadn't Michael McCorkle done it? Yes, he's done a great, but I promise you, Michael will be the first one to say, it's not just Mike McCorkle. It's Yancey and it's, it's, it's all of the team that they built together. They've accomplished this. It's everybody on that team. Comely parts, uncomely parts. And I want to tell you, I'm 53 years old. But I hope someday to be 73 and come back to Denton and see these young folks faithful to the Lord. Want to serve God. Have a fire and a drive to want to make things happen. But you got to do that working together with a team of people. And I tell you that it's frustrating at times. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. The people are going to get their feelings hurt. And there's going to... All those sort of things. You're going to have to work through all of it. But we got to do it together as a team. And if the foot is saying, I don't have need of the hand. And the eye says, I don't need the foot. I don't need... There's not a part of your body you don't need. I love the phrase that we read. God hath placed every member in the body as he sees fit. And sad for you elders. I understand. I serve as an elder in our congregation. Sometimes we have to lead folks that are very difficult to lead. But God placed them in the membership. God placed them in the body as he sees fit. What we need from that body, though, is to work together. You need to work together with your elders. Work together with your leadership team. Work together to accomplish the long-range goals that the congregation has. And what an amazing work we're going to experience this week. And it's a fantastic work. But if we don't see the vision of what is taking place among our brotherhood of people, congregation after congregation, there has been a ton of work and a ton of money and a ton of, ton of time. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've done some of that work myself, and there's been times I was driving home going, these people don't get it. I cannot, I cannot imagine how they do not understand what's taking place, and they don't even see what's, what's happening around them. It's me, 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 I, 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 selfish, 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 and it's just like a bad marriage that's gone worse. Everybody's living in me world. And I tell you, we can destroy all this stuff that's happened or we can build on it. And there's a ton of good stuff that's happened. And if we as a congregations of people will work together. I remember holding a meeting in Gunner. I was 16 years old. Gunner's a different place today than Gunner was. What, however many years that y'all do the math. However many years ago that was. It's a different world in Gunner. And I can tell you when I held the meeting at 16, they may have all seemed like they were over 80, but they really weren't. There was the Tex Monk family and then a bunch of 80-year-olds. I'm not knocking 80-year-olds. If you're 80 in the crowd, we love you. But all I'm saying is there ain't much time left. You know what I mean? That was the situation in Gallatin. We're either going to have to do something in Gallatin or we're going to have 12. And nearly all of those folks at Gallatin, all those over 80s, are gone now. All the funerals have happened. And Gallatin's in a different place today. And even those over 80s helped them get there before they passed on. 
Everybody heard of Burleson and the story that's happened at Burleson? Burleson's in a different place today. Somebody says, well, hadn't Rusty done it? Yeah, Rusty did a great work. But it's teamwork. It's not a Rusty work. It's a teamwork. Anybody heard of what's been happening in Massachusetts? I remember 30 years ago, there wasn't a Massachusetts. I mean, there was a Massachusetts, but there wasn't a work in Massachusetts. There is today. You know, 30 years ago, Jerry McCorkle would take a trip once a year up to Oregon and, and Washington and places like that. Occasionally, you'd take Jay with him or something, but it's pretty limited once a year. We're sending teams of people multiple times a year up into northwest areas and stuff like that. Anybody ever pay attention to these things? Down in the south in Alabama and Mississippi and places like that. Y'all seen what's been happening in those areas? It's amazing what's happening compared to 30 years ago. Is there a lot of work yet to do? Yes. But we've got to build teams of people and we need every one of you in this room on that team. Old, young, female, male, doesn't matter. We need you helping the team. Not out here doing your own thing, trying to figure out. We need you helping the team accomplish the goals that need to be accomplished. Anybody, any of y'all know the story of Bridgeport? I remember some of y'all have been to Bridgeport, live in Bridgeport. I preached meetings in Bridgeport when I was 18 years old. It's a different world in Bridgeport today. It's a different tone. It's a different... I read one of my funniest stories years ago... I, I think it's funny anyway. Y'all may not think it is, but at Bridgeport, I went to hold a meeting. I was probably 20 years old at the time. The song leader, they were leading out of the sacred selections. The song leader got up and said, number 11, number 11, we're going to sing this faster than we normally do. Praise Him. Praise Him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Now, I can tell you what cracked me up was not that they were singing the song, etc., that was fantastic, whatever. How fast did they normally sing it? That was what was cracking me up. Bridgeport's a different place today. Somebody says, well, isn't so-and-so doing... Clint's doing a great job. But it's not Clint. I'm telling you guys, we're missing the point if we're doing that. It's building a team of people. You know what I've had what the advantage in our part of the country is I've had people that have gotten it. And let me tell you what I've had is Jerry Lowry, who understood what we were doing, and he didn't mind not being the face. He didn't mind doing the work. He didn't mind being a part of the team. He didn't mind being a sidekick. And he was just as qualified, just as talented, just whatever. But he wasn't into ego strokes. And to have a team of people where everybody's not trying to fight to, I, I'm not getting enough FaceTime. I'm not it. But they're all helping for the good of the group. I tell you, I'm totally blessed to have a guy like Jerry. Anybody know the story of Channel View? Channel View was probably down to 12, 15 people. They're probably beating 50 today. They've probably been up to 60 or whatever. Different crowd. There was a time, and I'm going to throw his name out because I think he'll tell you, but I think there was a time when Jim Bryan, who is one of their elders there, hated my guts. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit. He did not like me. And we even kind of had some challenges through some years. And 
there was a period of time when we were on the phone with one another and I was going, why would you feel that way? We're on the same team. Uh, why would I? And he actually thought during a sermon I said something bad about him. I know that would shock y'all because I will throw names out. But I wasn't talking about him. It was totally a misunderstanding. And I said, why would I have done that to you? I would never. We're on the same team. And I can tell you from that conversation, he and I have had a different relationship. And today, Jim and I are very close friends. We talk to each other on the phone occasionally. You know what I'm talking about? Once every couple of weeks or whatever. Hey, what's going on in Channel View? And, and he'll call and he'll go, hey, we had some visitors last Sunday. And, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, Jim, total different guy. Jim, years later, told me, he said, I know you know that I didn't like you very much. He said, but I'll be honest with you. And he was honest with me. He said, I really, at the time, wasn't living my life right. And I had a chip on my shoulder. And I had a lot of other things going on. I just wasn't. And, you know, sometimes people go through bad times or whatever. I get that. My point is, we need to work on the concept of working together, even through all the bad times. We're on the same team. We're not fighting each other. We're helping each other. We're accomplishing what needs to be accomplished when it's all said and done. Anybody seen the difference in Plainview from 30 years ago to today? Say, well, they were big then. They're big today. And you're right. But I can tell you there's a ton of things that's different in Plainview today. Some of it's numbers. Some of it's size. Some of it has to do with a ton of folks and vision that that congregation has had to help in other places. You want to know part of what happened in Amarillo? Was Plainview. You know part of what happened in Lubbock? Plainview. You know part of what happened in Channelview? Plainview. Now, I'm not bragging on Plainview. It's real easy for us to look and go, well, if we were Plainview, you know, if we all had... But let me tell you, it's not just Plainview. It's a team of Plainviews. It's a team of congregations that have helped and worked together. Penn South has been very instrumental in a ton of church work that's happened across. Sooner Road's been involved in a ton of church work. Uh, Gunner's been involved in a ton of church work through the years, etc. But you know what's happened over the years? The pie has gotten bigger. And I run the risk by mentioning those names that you're sitting there thinking, well, he didn't mention this congregation. They've been very... You're exactly right. I can't mention all of them because they're a team of congregations that have helped to accomplish some of these goals and have worked together. The importance of teamwork. And I'll tell you one of the saddest days, it, it would be a horrendous tragedy... If 20 years from now I come back at 70-something years old and we come to, to a place like Denton or you come to College Park or whatever and we lost our children and our, where's Bob? He's no longer going to church. And Sam, they're not going to church. And Susie, she's not going to church. And all our children, we don't know what happened to our kids. We don't know what happened to our families. We don't know what happened to... I'm telling you, the Lord has to be crying at that kind of thing. I want to commend you guys on what you're doing. God bless you. Every home that's here, every mom, every dad, every grandparent, every uncle, every aunt, every child that's here, God bless you. May his countenance shine down upon you. May this week be a spiritual experience. You're a part of a family of people that work together as a team of people to accomplish some great goals. I'm telling you, Brother Michael was talking about... Uh, doing a singing instruction this week. He said, man, I hate to do a singing instruction with you in the crowd, you know, kind of thing. 
I'm thrilled he's doing the singing instruction. I promise you I will be his biggest fan. Because I'm thrilled that Timothy's doing singing instructions and Wayne's doing singing instructions. I remember some days. I'm thrilled. Michael, God bless you this week. What good things. We need these generations getting different perspectives and different outlooks and, and approaches and different people involved in those things. God bless you. May, your, may God's countenance shine down upon you. If the church can help you in any way, you know the very first start is we need you on the team. If you're not on the team, if you're not baptized into Christ and you've not been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are missing some of the greatest opportunities we're seeing in the brotherhood, that we're seeing among the churches across America today. You're missing opportunities to experience in that joy and rejoicing and great things that are happening. And I can tell you there's going to be some great things in the future too. Make a decision to come to Christ. Be a part of it. Be a part of the team. Maybe you've made a decision to come to Christ, but you've maybe had a bad attitude. Maybe you're mad at everybody in the room. Maybe whatever. I don't know what the circumstances are. I don't know. I can't read your heart. I can't see. But I can tell you that I promise you, I want to be your biggest fan. I want you to succeed at this Christian life thing. And I want it to succeed not for my glory, not for Michael's glory, not for anybody else's glory. I want it to the glory of God. We have been blessed. Good things are happening. We need you to be a part of the team. And not a member of the team that's out here with a bad attitude. A member of the team. And if the church can help you in any way, why don't you come while we stand and sing the song that's been selected this evening.